Welcome to Audio of the Divine Principle, a daily reading of the Divine Principle, which is the core text of the Unificationist community. Section 1.4 The Limit of Salvation Through Redemption by the Cross and the Purpose of Jesus' Second Advent What would have happened if Jesus had not been crucified? Jesus would have accomplished both spiritual and physical aspects of salvation. He surely would have established the everlasting and indestructible kingdom of heaven on earth. This, after all, had been foretold by the prophet Isaiah, announced by the angel who appeared to Mary, and expressed by Jesus himself when he announced that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. When God created man... The Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Human beings were thus created in both spirit and flesh. Their fall also happened both spiritually and physically. Jesus came to bring full salvation. He was responsible to complete it, both spiritually and physically. To believe in Jesus means to become one with him. Hence, Jesus likened himself to a true vine and compared his disciples to its branches. He also said, In that day you will surely know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. In order to save fallen people physically as well as spiritually, it was necessary that Jesus come in the flesh. Had the people believed in Jesus, and so united with him in both spirit and flesh, they would have received salvation both spiritually and physically. Yet, the people did not believe in Jesus. Instead, they led him to the cross. Jesus' body was exposed to Satan's assault, and he was killed. Therefore, even when faithful Christians are united with Jesus, their bodies remain exposed to Satan's attack, just as was Jesus' body. Consequently, no matter how devout a believer may be, he cannot attain physical salvation through redemption by the cross of Jesus. His original sin, which has been passed down through the lineage from Adam, is not eliminated at its root. Even the most devout Christian still has the original sin and gives birth to children who also carry the original sin. In our personal faith, we may feel it is necessary to mortify and deny our flesh in our efforts to prevent the intrusion of Satan, who continually tries to ensnare us through our bodies. We are taught to pray constantly that we might remove the conditions by which Satan can attack us. These conditions stem from the original sin, which was not eradicated despite salvation through redemption by the cross. Jesus could not fulfill the goal of complete salvation, both spiritual and physical, because his body was struck down by Satan. However, Jesus laid the basis for spiritual salvation by securing the victorious foundation for his resurrection through the redemption by his blood on the cross. As a result, all believers since his resurrection have received the benefit of spiritual salvation, but not physical salvation. Salvation through redemption by the cross is spiritual salvation only. The original sin remains active in the flesh of even the most devout Christians and is transmitted through the lineage to their descendants. The more fervent a believer's faith, the more fiercely he must fight against the sin within. Even St. Paul, the most devout among the apostles, lamented over his inability to prevent sin from infiltrating his flesh. For I delight in the law of God, in my innermost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, 
and making me captive to the law of sin, which dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am! Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I of myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Romans chapter 7 verses 22 through 25. This statement contrasts the bliss Paul felt upon receiving spiritual salvation with the agony he felt because he was unable to achieve physical salvation. John also confessed, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 10. We who receive salvation based on Jesus' crucifixion cannot unshackle ourselves from the chain of sin, due to the original sin still active deep within us. Therefore, to uproot original sin, which he cannot remove through the crucifixion, and to complete the work of physical salvation, Christ must come again on earth. Only then will the purpose of God's work of salvation be fulfilled both spiritually and physically. Section 1.5 Two Kinds of Prophecies Concerning the Cross If Jesus' death on the cross were not predestined as necessary for the complete accomplishment of his purpose as the Messiah, why was it prophesied in Isaiah that he would suffer the ordeal of the cross? We may think that the Bible contains only prophecies which foretold Jesus' suffering. However, when we read the Bible anew with knowledge of the principle, we realize that there are other prophecies to the contrary. As Isaiah prophesied, and as the angel announced to Mary, it was foretold that Jesus would become the king of the Jews in his lifetime and establish an everlasting kingdom on the earth. Let us investigate why God gave two contrasting kinds of prophecies concerning Jesus. God created human beings to reach perfection only by fulfilling their own portion of responsibility. In reality, the first human ancestors did not fulfill their responsibility and fell. Thus, human beings have the potential to either accomplish their responsibility in accordance with God's will, or fail their responsibility contrary to God's will. To take some examples from the Bible, it was Adam's portion of responsibility not to eat of the food of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He either could obey the commandment of God and reach perfection, or eat of the fruit and die. He chose the latter. In the Old Testament age, God gave the Ten Commandments and the Mosaic Law, which the people were to obey as a condition for their salvation. It was their portion of responsibility to either uphold the law and receive salvation, or disobey it and come to ruin. For the Israelites who left Egypt and journeyed towards Canaan, if it was their responsibility to obey the instructions of Moses, they could either faithfully comply with Moses' directions and enter the land of Canaan, or rebel against him and not enter the promised land. In fact, God had foretold that he would guide the Israelites into the land of Canaan, and commanded Moses to lead them there. Yet, due to their lack of faith, the people perished in the wilderness, leaving only their descendants to reach the final destination. Human beings thus have their own portion of responsibility. They can either fulfill it in accordance with God's will, or fail to fulfill it contrary to His will. The nature of the fruits they bear depends on whether or not they fulfill their portion of responsibility. For this reason, God gave two kinds of prophecies concerning the accomplishment of his will. To send the Messiah is God's portion of responsibility. However, belief in the Messiah is the human portion of responsibility. 
the Jewish people could either believe in the Messiah as God wished, or to not believe in him in opposition to his desire. To cope with the contingency of human responsibility, God gave two kinds of prophecies concerning the accomplishment of his will through Jesus. One kind foretold that Jesus would die due to the disbelief of the people. Another kind foretold that the people would believe in him and honor Jesus as the Messiah and help him accomplish God's will and glory. When Jesus died on the cross due to the disbelief of the people, only the prophecies of the first kind were fulfilled. The prophecies of the second kind were left unfulfilled until the second coming of Christ. Section 1.6 Gospel Passages in which Jesus spoke of his crucifixion as if it were necessary. There are several passages in the Gospels in which Jesus spoke of his suffering on the cross as if it were necessary for salvation. For example, when Peter heard Jesus' prediction of his imminent crucifixion and tried to dissuade him, Jesus rebuffed him, saying, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. Why did Jesus chastise Peter so harshly? In truth, when Jesus spoke these words, the disbelief of the chosen people had already frustrated Jesus' efforts to complete the providence of salvation, both physically and spiritually. By that time, Jesus had resolutely determined to accept the fate of the cross as a condition of indemnity to open the way for at least the spiritual salvation of humankind. Peter's dissuasion could have hindered Jesus from paving the way for spiritual salvation through the cross. For this reason, Jesus rebuffed him. A second example is Jesus' last words on the cross, It is finished. Jesus did not utter these words to mean that through the crucifixion he had completely accomplished the providence of salvation. After he realized that the people's disbelief was unalterable, he chose the path of the cross in order to lay the foundation for spiritual salvation, leaving unfulfilled the task of achieving physical salvation until the second advent. Hence, by the words, it is finished, Jesus meant that he had finished laying the foundation for spiritual salvation. By this time, it had become the alternative goal of the providence. In order for us to have proper faith, it is necessary first to have direct communication with God through spiritual experiences in prayer, and then to understand the truth through a correct reading of scripture. This is the reason Jesus told us to worship in spirit and truth. Since the time of Jesus, Christians have believed that Jesus came to this world to die on the cross. They have not known the fundamental purpose for which Jesus came as the Messiah and misunderstood the spiritual salvation which he brought us, thinking it to be all that his mission entailed. Jesus had wanted to live and fulfill his destiny, yet due to the people's disbelief in him, he died with a heart full of disappointment. Today, there must reappear on earth faithful brides, pure-hearted believers, who can alleviate the bitter and grieving heart of Jesus. There must appear brides who can exalt the desires of Jesus' heart before Jesus can come again as the bridegroom. Yet Jesus lamented, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? For he foresaw that when he returned, the people would likely be in darkness. We have clarified from our study of the Bible that Jesus did not come to die on the cross. We can ascertain this fact even more closely if we communicate with Jesus spiritually and ask him directly. If we cannot perceive spiritual realities, we should seek out the testimonies of those who are endowed with such gifts in order to properly understand his heart and deepen our faith. Only then will we be worthy to become the brides of Jesus 
who can receive him in the last days.